the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I think sometimes we picture God as loving us out of obligation. Of course, He's got to love us. He's God, and God loves everyone. As if God tolerates us. He loves us, but He's got to tolerate us. He doesn't really like us so much, doesn't enjoy being around us all that much. No. God loves you, He likes you, He delights in you, He enjoys you. The Bible says His thoughts of you are more than can be numbered. He's always thinking about you. He wants to be a part of your life every day. He wants to spend eternity with you. Because He's crazy about you. Everybody has that family member, don't they? We've got to invite Uncle Ralphie to the family picnic. After all, he's family. Even though he's obnoxious and is sure to do something stupid while he's there, And so it's easy to transfer the same sense of obligation to God. But as Pastor Dan will be teaching today, that's a completely wrong view of God. Even though he's about to lower the boom on his people, he's still reaching out to them, trying to get them to listen and repent and avoid exile. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. of the tribes came and they went to war against Benjamin, the tribe in which Gibeah was located. And it really was one of the most shameful, darkest events in the history of Israel. And Hosea says his day was just as bad as the days of Gibeah. Things were just as deeply corrupted morally in the nation as in the days of of Gibeah. Then he goes on and he says, he will remember their iniquity. He will punish their sins. Now, every time I read a verse like that, I rejoice for Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells us that all of our sins were punished on the cross. And so Jesus took our punishment. And the Bible says that God, because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, that he will remember our sins no more. And so now we come to verse 10. And in verse 10, the Lord remembers back to when he first called Israel to be his people. And you get to see like the Lord's heart here, beginning in verse 10. He says, I found Israel like finding grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season, but they went to Baal Peor. And separated themselves to that shame. They became an abomination like the thing they love. God says here, Israel was like finding grapes in the wilderness. Remember the wilderness in the Bible is talking about the desert. Israel was like finding grapes 
in the desert. Now, you don't typically find grapes growing wild in the desert. So this would be a very unexpected surprise, a very unexpected treat. Now, for those of you that have gone with us to Israel in the past, we've gone to the wilderness. We went to the desert, but we were on an air-conditioned bus, (laughs) and we had cold bottled water. Even with that, it was pretty brutal when you got off the bus in the desert. I remember when we would stop somewhere, everybody in the group would try to find the little sliver of shade Everybody's standing against the wall like this because there's this much shade. And the biblical site would be 30 feet over there. But everybody's standing over here because there's shade on this wall. Go ahead. We can hear you, you know, kind of thing. It's brutal. Now, I can't imagine what it would be like traveling on foot in the wilderness or traveling on a camel with no cold water, no relief, no air conditioning. And to come upon a grapevine with grapes on it. And how delightful would that be? What a treat. What a blessing. And the point that God is making here by comparing them to a, finding a grapevine in the desert is God was delighted with Israel in the beginning. He just enjoyed them so much. He says Israel was like the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season. Now, a fig tree takes about four to five years to mature Before it bears fruit. Sometimes it takes even longer than that. Depending on the conditions. And so the farmer who plants a fig tree. They know they've got to wait four or five years. Maybe longer. They they aren't sure which year they're going to get figs off that tree. So you can imagine the great joy that comes from your fig tree. Finally bearing fruit. Israel brought great joy to God. And pleasure and delight. This reminds us, God doesn't just love you. He delights in you. You bring him great joy. You bring him great pleasure. He enjoys you. I think sometimes we picture God as loving us out of obligation. Of course, he's got to love us. He's God and God loves everyone. As if God tolerates us. He loves us, but he's got to tolerate us. He doesn't really like us so much. Doesn't enjoy being around us all that much. But no, God loves you, he likes you, he delights in you, he enjoys you. The Bible says his thoughts of you are more than can be numbered. He's always thinking about you. He wants to be a part of your life every day. He wants to spend eternity with you because he's crazy about you. God was delighted in Israel in that way. They brought him joy. They brought him delight. But it says they went to Baal Peor. And they separated to that shame. And they became an abomination like the thing they love. Baal Peor, that's the story of Balaam in Numbers chapter 25. This is where Israel committed sexual immorality and worshipped false gods with the women of Moab. Look at the verse again. It's like God cannot even bring himself to save the sin at Baal Peor. He says they separated themselves to that shame. Can't even speak it to that shame. Look at verse 11. As for Ephraim or Israel, their glory shall fly away like a bird. Now, the word glory is the Hebrew word kabod. It means heaviness. It means weightiness. And he's talking about a nation here, a nation that was once 
one of the most powerful nations in the world, one of the wealthiest nations in the world, one of the most prosperous nations in the world. And what he says is the weightiness of Israel will fly away like a bird. Israel's honor, Israel's abundance, their dignity, their reputation in the world, their wealth, it all flies away. Israel, this once great power and prosperous nation and respected nation in the world. As it came to the end of the nation, all those things just began to fly away. Their honor, their power, their prosperity, their abundance, their reputation just began to disappear. Again, the nation is coming to the end of its life. He goes on to say there's no birth, there's no pregnancy, there's no conception. The nation was no longer fruitful. The nation is barren. It's declining in every way. The application for us forsaking the Lord, it leads to barrenness in a person's life, a lack of fruit. You know, Jesus said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. If a person stops abiding in Christ, well, then they, their life becomes barren spiritually. This nation has stopped abiding in the Lord. And so there's just a barrenness in the nation. There's a decline in the nation. It's not what it once was as a nation. Though they bring up their children, verse 12, yet I will bereave them to the last man. Yes, woe to them when I depart from them. Their children that they bring up, they're going to die in battle. They're going to be carried off as captives in Assyria, as slaves, leaving the nation bereaved for their children. Whole nations bereaved because of what has happened. And the Lord says, yes, woe to them when I depart from them. The nation departed from the Lord long ago, but the Lord continued to reach out to them through the prophets. But they reach a point now where the Lord departs. And that's when everything just starts. Uh, the blessings go, the abundance, the prosperity, the strength, the success, the reputation. All, all of that starts to go because that's all from the Lord. It's all from the Lord. The greatness of the nation of Israel, the secret to their greatness was the Lord. And so now the Lord departs. And so all the things that made the country great, they fly away like a bird. Verse 13, just as I saw Ephraim like Tyre planted in a pleasant place, so Ephraim will bring out his children to the murderer. God had planted Israel in a pleasant place, just like he had planted the city of Tyre in a pleasant place, a good location to bless them and prosper them. God was intentional in this and planting them in a pleasant place. Back in Isaiah chapter 5, if I can find it real quick, Isaiah chapter 5, there the Lord compares Israel to a vineyard. And listen to what he says. He says, now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared it out of stones and planted it with a choicest vine. He built a tower in the midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes. But it brought forth wild grapes. Then he says, oh, now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard, 
What more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Here's what the Lord says. He describes Israel as this vineyard that he has built. He puts it in a choice location on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up. He clears out all the stones. He does all the work for them by his grace. He gives them the choices fine. He puts a tower in the middle of it. He builds a wine press for them. He expects it to bring forth good, good grapes. And it brings forth sour grapes. And then the Lord says, what more could I have done for this nation for it to prosper? For it to succeed. And here in Hosea, he says, I have put them in a pleasant place, just like I did with the city of Tyre. I put them in a pleasant place so that they would prosper. But they didn't. They turned from it. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So, verse 14, he goes on. And now Hosea prays. Hosea prays to the Lord. And Hosea says to the Lord, Give them, O Lord, what will you give? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. All their wickedness is in Gilgal, for there I hated them. Because of the evil of their deeds, I will drive them from my house. Verse 15, the Lord speaking again. I will love them no more. All their princes are rebellious. He says here, all their wickedness is in Gilgal. Now, Gilgal was the place of the first encampment of Israel. Once they cross through the Jordan River and they enter into The promised land. And I want you to turn over to Joshua chapter 4. And we're going to look at Gilgal together. Gilgal together. Again, this is right after they cross the Jordan River. They enter the promised land under Joshua's leadership. This is before they conquer the city of Jericho, which is going to happen a couple chapters after this. But here in Joshua chapter 4... They cross the Jordan River, and Gilgal now is where they have their first camp in the Promised Land, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And Gilgal is where Joshua sets up 12 stones as a memorial. 12 stones that he had taken out of the Jordan River. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 1, And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves 12 stones from here, from out of the midst of the Jordan River, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. So then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, 
And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan River. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder. So it's a big stone. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign. Look, verse six, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded. Now look down in verse 19. Verse 19. It says, now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. This is their first encampment in the promised land. After wandering around in the desert for 40 years, verse 20, and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan River on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we crossed over. That all the peoples of the earth, so not just Israel, but all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Gilgal is where they set up these 12 stones as a memorial. Those 12 stones are still there in Hosea's day as a memorial. Some believe they're even there in the New Testament because John the Baptist is baptizing at this same location. And remember, the religious leaders come out to investigate. And he says, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? And don't say we have Abraham as our father. Because God can raise up a witness from these stones. What stones? Well, it could be these stones from Joshua 4. We can't say for sure. This is where they set it up. That happens at Gilgal, their first camp. They set up the memorial. The memorial is still there in Hosea's day. And then in chapter 5, the next thing that Joshua does in chapter 5, verses 2 to 9, is all of the men that were born in the wilderness wandering are circumcised. Because they didn't circumcise them in the wilderness. And so the next thing they do at Gilgal is they recommit themselves to the covenant that the Lord made with Abraham and his descendants through circumcision. That's in chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. Then in verse 10, look at verse 10 of chapter 5. In verses 10 and 11, they keep the Passover. Verse 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. This is the first Passover in the promised land at Gilgal. And they eat grain that is from the promised land. Then in verse 12, look at verse 12. The manna ceases after 40 years of eating manna every day. Manna cotti, you know, manna chip cookies, all of it, right? 
Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. The manna ceases, the children of Israel can finally enjoy the abundance of the land, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. They finally get to enjoy that. All this happened to Gilgal. Gilgal is a special place in Israel's spiritual history. And it's a special place in their relationship with the Lord. Some important things happened there. But go back to Hosea chapter 9. In Hosea's day, listen, Gilgal, it was a center of idol worship. At the same place where all those things happened. Where they first camped when they came into the land. They recommitted themselves through circumcision. They shared the first Passover together in the land. Where the manna ceased. They finally could enjoy God's blessings and the promise. Now it's a center of idol worship. They've still got the pile of stones there. And they're worshiping idols. And so verse 15 All their wickedness is in Gilgal, of all places. For there, God says, I hated them. I hated them for their idolatry. Because of the evil of their deeds, I will drive them from my house. I will love them no more. All their princes are rebellious. Ephraim is stricken. Their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. It's beyond repair. It's beyond saving now. Yes, Were they to bear children, I would kill the darlings of their womb. My God will cast them away because they did not obey him. And they shall be wanderers among the nation. This is exactly what happened to Israel. They became wanderers among the nations. And God told them that back in Deuteronomy before they even came into the land, that he would scatter them throughout the nations. If they turn to idols. And they remain scattered throughout the nations. Just wandering through among the nations. Even in the New Testament. If you're taking notes. When you look at the opening verse of the book of James. In First and Second Peter. Those books are written to. It says the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. So even in the New Testament. They're still scattered abroad. And it's really Just in recent history, 1948, when Israel became a nation again for the first time in 2,000 years, that they no longer were wandering. They had their land back. They were a nation again. So we've seen the fulfillment of this prophecy that is given here at the end of chapter 9, verse 17. The Israelites have wandered among the nations for thousands of years until they regained their homeland again in 1948, which just shows us that God's word is trustworthy and his promises always come to pass. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this chapter. And Lord, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives, Lord. We thank you that you give us room to turn, time to turn, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and paid for all of our sins. Thank you, Lord, that you've atoned for us. Thank you that you remember our sins no more. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Hosea, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Most people are familiar with the idea that you're more thankful for someone's forgiveness when there's much to forgive. This book is a gracious reminder that God's willing to forget the past and forgive the wrongdoing when you come back to Him. He doesn't hold grudges, He just wants your heart. Do you resonate with what was shared today? If so, would you let us know? You can reach us at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. If you'd rather get in touch with us over email, you can do that too. Just go to calvaryec.com and look for our email address under the About tab. We'd love to meet you in person too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Hosea, so be sure to join us for our next edition here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.